Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Well, welcome to Rescue Radio. I'm Jerry, and Margie's here. Hey, hello. Yeah, hey, we thank you for joining us. Uh, If you're joining us live or joining us on the archive, we're going to pray, and we're going to move into the topic at hand tonight. Okay? All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to share truth, truth that will set people free. Lord, thank you, Lord. Uh, that you are here to speak to our hearts, open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have for us tonight. Lord, we thank you that we have authority over principalities and powers. We have authority over the power of the enemy, serpents and scorpions. We take authority right now over every device of Satan that would work to mess up the, uh, the technology tonight or the thoughts or the heart, the message that comes to the hearts of people. We thank you, Lord, that we forbid the enemy from snatching these truths from the hearts of the people. And we thank you, Father, for the privilege of sharing about your grace and your love and your truth and your power. We thank you, Lord, that you were manifest to Jesus to destroy the works of the devil. And we, we, we live in that victory tonight, not only tonight or today, in the days to come. We thank you for this now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So... Marjorie, we were talking last time about who is the devil. Mm-hmm. So could you review a little bit about yes. what we were covering last time to, and just to mm-hmm. transition into yes, the next topic? Stuff, yeah. Well, who is the devil? Um, the, the Satan, the Greek word satanus means adversary and the one who lies in wait for another or sets himself in opposition to another And that's exactly what he does. He lies in wait for us. He waits for a moment. He weakens us, waits for circumstances, sets up those circumstances, and then he kind of pounces. The first um, uh, human um, reference to Satan was what God gave to Cain when he was talking to Cain about his bad attitude, and he said, um, sin crouches at the door, Mm. which really, sin doesn't crouch, but something uh, would crouch, and so that something was the enemy. That sounds very creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. Yeah. And the devil is another Greek word, diabolos, which means a slanderer, one who accuses another. Uh, and so Satan accuses us night and day. He's the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us um, through the mouths of other people to get us in trouble, but he also a lot of times accuses us through our own minds and thoughts, our feelings, I'm bad, I'm stupid, I'm guilty, it's my fault, I should have, etc. And so he's constantly setting us up, making us feel bad and guilty. We get frustrated, then we feel bad for getting frustrated. And then he accuses us and brings his, you know, accusations against us. So Mm -hmm. um, another thing we talked about last week that was kind of shocking was the the question of the devil's reality. Uh, A lot of times people think, well, if I just ignore it, I don't pay any attention. Um, It's not about me. It's none of my business. I'll just leave him alone. Um, that's for somebody else to deal with. 
that, that we just kind of want to minimize his activities because we think it's we're no match for the devil or it's too scary. And even a lot of professing Christians don't believe the devil is real. But unfortunately, just because we don't believe he's real does not make him non-real, non-existent or go away. And and, and the Bible is actually just absolutely full of the uh, the spiritual warfare dialogue, the talking about my enemies and um, uh, who the enemy is, where he came from, what he's doing. I mean, you can you cannot read the Bible without reading about the spiritual warfare. And, and some people just uh, you know dismiss the the idea of of Satan or just someone as a you know kind of a, a fantastic or fabled character with hoops and horns and a pitchfork and so yeah. forth. So. Uh, so a lot of people just dismiss mm-hmm. certain situations and say it's well, it was just an accident, mm-hmm. it's fate, it's bad luck, it, it yeah. just happened. Yeah. There may be you know ghosts or other yeah. you know activities that way, or maybe you know one of the most popular things you hear now is bad karma. Well, right, and we're just uh, you know it's interesting how we can deny the existence of the enemy and yet be so fascinated with what he does, the horror, the the, the Halloween, the superstitions, the magic, the voodoo, the spells, the Harry Potter, all of these kinds of things. Of course, that's old, but, you know, the vampires and all that stuff. We're so fascinated by what he does, and yet we deny that he exists, yeah, even that, in the church. Yeah, that's strange, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. We're, we're just, that's part of his deception. Um, but it's interesting to note that really seriously, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. And so really the war is also within us, and the real embodiment of evil dwells not only in the midst of us through our uh, human governments and systems, whatever those systems might be, education, communication, uh, technology. He's in all of them, um, everything. And at the same time, he is uh, he's in the, in the midst of us internally. So the external, eternal battle is going on internally in our hearts and minds, and that's where the war really begins to Get personal. Yeah, and he he looks good. I mean, he does things that that make him look good. Well, of course, he comes as an angel of light. He comes as mm-hmm. your best friend. He comes to give you everything you want. And I think a lot of people don't realize how beautiful Satan still can present himself to be. And he comes as, like I said, an angel of light. So he comes right into the very midst of the church and gives all of us the fascinating, uh, you know. Uh, shows, the demonstrations, the signs and wonders and all these things that people get so hung up on. But if you will note, Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. So what we can't determine at the first, we can determine later by just going back and saying, well, what was the fruit of all that? What did that really do? What did? How did that, the kingdom of God? Right, right. Now, Paul warned Timothy, he said, in the last days, mm-hmm. some will turn from the faith, the faith, which is the basic Doctrine. Fundamental doctrines mm-hmm. of, of the Christian faith uh, turn from the faith and give heed, in other words, listen to, give credence to, and, and follow mm-hmm. seducing spirits mm-hmm. and doctrines or teachings of demons. Right. He, and James talks about there being such a thing as demonic wisdom. You wouldn't think that this world has a, has a wisdom as well as, as God, and the world's wisdom is a demonic wisdom. And there's a very lots of scriptures that say you can't serve God and mammon, either one or the other. And we kind of like to try to think we can straddle the fence and mix the, the two. We can mix works with grace. We can mix, you know, uh, what we want to get done and accomplish our little agenda with God's and all kinds of things. 
But again, going back to Jesus' own encounters, he began by telling the disciples that he saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning, which mm-hmm. would indicate there was an actual physical expulsion from heaven that could be seen, was visible, looked like lightning. And actually there was a being called Satan, Lucifer, that landed on the earth. Yeah, he was he was a beautiful, created being. He was right. one of the... You know, just Filled a, with the sounds of a, music. A, a and super, you could say him, he was like a super angel. Yeah, he was beautiful. He had this, gems, colors of gems uh, glistening from his body. He had the sounds of pipes and organs. The music was built right into him. Right, and you know, that's one of his main, he loves to get into the the music, the worship in the church and the rock and the crazy, uh, all of it. I mean, because he knows how powerful music is to mm-hmm. him, uh, influence Emotions and it's and, just like the right music. I mean, good, pure, straight um, worship music that honors and glorifies God is, is powerful for us. Right. But at the same time, you know, again, Satan works through similar things right. to do the opposite mm-hmm. thing that God is doing. Right. He's always working in the same. There's they are working in the same place at the same time to accomplish the opposite thing. And if people would start to realize that that. When you're having a bad day or when you're having a something negative is going on or it looks like it's all going south or it's bad, look at the other side of it that God also is doing something and, um, and possibly protecting you from a very bad situation by just saying no um, to that job or that uh, relationship or whatever it might be. Um, it might be just God's way of protecting you, though the devil, you think the devil's making your life miserable, it might be God protecting you. No, this is a huge area, but uh, Marjorie, could you just share with us? Satan is working on the outside in the in the external world, mm-hmm. and he's also working, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. within us. What, what what's the tension? What's the difference there between he's working externally and internally? Just well, give us a little. He's got I grasp think, on that. I think he's got two different agendas. Uh, the external agenda, of course, gives him opportunity to set up the environment, set up the ambushes, ambushments um, to make our life difficult, uh, corner us, entrap us in circumstances, whether it's a financial, emotional, situational. Uh, so many people are so beaten down, oppressed, ripped off, stop, stomped on, crushed, and they don't know Jesus, so they feel all alone and they feel mad at God, and they're cornered and they just really don't know how to proceed. That's an external uh, and, and with that, Satan's goal externally, I believe, is to uh, create a habitation fit for him to dwell in forever. I think he, obviously, he's heard about his fate and he doesn't want it. And so he's trying to build a earth, a kingdom for himself, uh, where he can dwell um, eternally. Uh, as So he doesn't have to go to hell. And the other, the internal um, battles that we go through is to take down the kingdom of God within us. Uh, it said, it, the Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, 5, and 6 talks about Satan setting us up in opposition to ourselves, and we see this all the time. You know, people sometimes say, well, you're your own worst enemy, and, you know, um, you know we just feel like we've got to self-correct and self-protect and self-monitor and raise ourselves and, and do it right, do it over self-improvement, all these things, we, we put those tasks upon ourselves instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to perfect that which concerns me. So can I just, yeah, and so with that internal 
take over. What Satan wants to do is find suitable, a suitable habitation uh, for the demons to dwell in because they don't have bodies. So if he can take over our bodies, he thinks he can create a, a shell or a vessel for their, um, that they will have fi- finally have physical bodies. Can Satan be involved in our desire, in our activities to improve ourselves. Absolutely. That is, he is the originator of the self-improvement programs, believe it or not. And there's a lot of that in the church because here's the deal. The motivation is that Satan knows I don't like not being perfect. I don't like not being right. I don't like being wrong because I'm created by God to want to be right and righteous. And so Satan slips the right in for righteous. And my righteousness comes from Christ, of course, but so he gets me on all these self-improvement projects like try harder, be good, you know, lose five pounds. Five steps to this, three steps yeah. to this. It's all, it's all, it's, what, are you, what are you trying to improve yourself for? Really, that's not even the point of once after we're saved and we know Jesus and we've been pay, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. The point is not now I'm going to try to get better. The point is now I follow Jesus now I follow and do what he says. And do what he says, but basically it's dying to the old life. Yeah, yeah, that's so right. Denial not, so not, mm-hmm. we're trying to keep alive what, well, I think Jesus dead, well, but it's the life with the, of Christ within us. Yeah. That's what we're looking at. Well, it, let's look for a second in the, in the word on the temptations of Jesus. Um, okay. And I think that tells us a lot about what, how, how we handle the devil, how he comes at us internally, to um, you know, challenge us, challenge our identity, challenge our purpose, uh, challenge our confidence and faith in God. And I know that the Synoptic Gospels put it in a little different order, but um, in the first one, uh, the first temptation is the same in all of them. And in uh, let's see, where are we reading here? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Matthew four or five, right, right at the crack, the right, right at the onset of Jesus's ministry. It's guys, listen to this. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Holy Spirit was allowing Jesus to be set up, to be tested, corrected, perfected. Uh, It says he learned obedience through the things he suffered. Jesus was never disobedient, but he had all these opportunities to, he had to prove it. I mean, you know, you could say you're obedient, but if you never had any tests, what would that prove? Right. It's just like with any kind of product that goes on the market, Mm -hmm. it really needs to be tested. You know, will it work? Will it last? And I think some of them, they must not do the testing very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the products I've purchased over the years. But but the principle is uh, God is... God just didn't give uh, put a silver spoon in Jesus' mouth, so to speak. That's right. He, Absolutely. He had to be proven He's a tried son as as, God. as the Son of God, mm-hmm. as the Son of Man, mm-hmm. uh, fully God yet fully man, not sinful, but still mm-hmm. tempted to disobey yeah. God. He well, was tempted. Hebrews said he was tempted in all, in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. So this temptation came to Jesus as a thought, or Satan could have appeared to him in person. Now, just a little note here. Um, if, if Satan did appear to Jesus in the wilderness in person, we know then that God and Satan, Jesus being God, of course, ha- can be in the same place at the same time. And there's a lot of theory or bad theology out there that says God and Satan can't be in the same place at the same time. Yeah. So therefore, that just takes us to this erroneous conclusion that if I sin, 
that the Holy Spirit has to move out temporarily out of my life because Holy Spirit and Satan can't be in the same place at the same time. Well, I do not believe that. I believe that Satan is going is permitted, as he was with Jesus, to tempt his mind, his heart. And God, the Holy Spirit, doesn't leave us every time we fall for temptation or sin because the temptation comes to our soul and the Holy Spirit abides in our spirit. But looking at the first temptation, he says, Satan says to Jesus, if you are the son of God, prove yourself. Okay, so he says, turn these stones into bread. That was the temptation. Now, do you see anything sinful? Is there any commandment that says, thou shalt not turn stones into bread? Not that I know of. Well, but the part is that Jesus came. He said, I always do those things that please mm-hmm. the Father. Yeah. So there may be, I mean, uh, Jesus multiplied bread mm-hmm. later on. Yes. Mm-hmm. But this was not the will of the Father at this time. Well, and not only that, he says, if you are the Son of God. Challenging his identity. Exactly. And and to, so prove power. Prove you're the Son of God through your power. Uh, and you know, basically step out ahead of what the Father was instructing him to do because Jesus, like you said, was only going to do the will of the Father and God had not said turn stones into bread. As a matter of fact, Jesus never turned stones into bread. He turned bread into more bread. More into more bread, yeah. And so, so the first question that Jesus had to know to get through that temptation was a temptation of identity. Who are you? And I think that is a huge, huge, there are three basic bins or uh, areas that the devil tempts us in. And the one that hits us the most and the hardest and the most frequently, I think, is about who are you? Are you good? I'm, I'm good. I'm bad. I, I, I need to. I ought to. I should, it's my fault. All of these things are addressing me as who are you? I'm guilty. Uh, I should have known better. I should have known. Uh, and Satan sets up a bunch of circumstances, and then he brings conclusions to you that he wants you to agree with. And so all our, you know, even you know, childhood experiences, uh, what people have, what we've experienced, mm-hmm. what people have said about us, what we have said to ourselves, or right. what the enemy has said to us, all this forms our self-concept. Concept, yeah. That mm-hmm. can be just totally wacky, because because it's what, built on experience. Built on experience, on words, on feelings, mm-hmm. all that. And when we come to Christ, we have we we have a new identity. We're new creatures. In We're Christ. new creations in Christ. And so, uh, friends, just to find out who you are, read through the Word of God, and that will. Uh, show you well, who you truly are in Christ Jesus. Well, because Satan knew we're made in the image, knew, he knows, and he knew it at the time as well, that we are made in the image of God. He knows that we're created by God to hate that which is evil, hate evil, hate injustice, uh, hate imperfections. To not, and, so, and, and with that, knowing that we're motivated to hate those things, created by God to hate those things, he also sets up opportunities, Satan does, to give us the opportunity to get rid of those things. Um, and so I, if I don't feel like I like myself, I'm not liked, I'm not this, I'm not that, I need to be good, blah, blah, blah. He will set up all kinds of opportunities, whether those are religious opportunities or educational opportunities. Or a lot of times the bottom line is 
Satan wants us to get rid of the idea that we are who God says we are and go with, instead, I am what I see myself saying, thinking, feeling, doing, experiencing. What other people say about me? What happened to me? Uh, and so if that's the case, if Satan can get me to believe I am what I see, all he has to do is put things in my mind that, that are wicked uh, or to say, then he has to just uh, uh, cause my mind to be able to, uh, you know, says what the heart is full of the mouth speaks. My heart is full of fear and unbelief comes out of my mouth and I believe I'm an unbeliever. I'm doubtful. I don't know for sure if I'm saved, blah, blah, blah. And so the enemy is trying to switch the table from God says to what I say. And then he's, he, then he sets the stage and he puts the temptation in my mind and makes me believe I'm thinking that. I'm right. saying that. I'm feeling that. And yeah. so we go along with his wickedness. And then, okay, sir, it's just like the Hegelian dialect. He sets you up with a problem. I'm not as good as I want to be. Then he then there's a reaction to the problem. Oh, I don't like being not good. So that's the reaction. So then he gives us a solution to that by saying, well, here's what you've got to do. You've got to try harder. You know, you've got to... Uh, religiously do something and Jesus kindly says it's done it's finished so it's always that way this Satan is always using the very fact that we're made an image of God against us to right right now screw up our identity but Jesus knew who he was yeah exactly so that's 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 a great confidence it's not a matter of pride it's when we know who we are in Christ Jesus Mm mm-hmm that is a an absolutely powerful weapon against the enemy. And sometime, Margie, soon, I'd like to, I'm just getting inspired here as we're yeah, talking about good. this, to do uh, a program just simply on who we are on Christ. What is, biblically, mm-hmm. what is our true identity in Christ? And so, good. Well, we could do a do program. Do you like that idea? Yeah, or you could just buy the CD of Who Am I? But anyway, back to, <laughs> back to, back to well, how did Jesus respond to that That. Temptation. What did he say? He said, "It is written." He's he, the word of God, because that mm-hmm. was that is our, uh, and that's our response. That's our our response. Mm-hmm. That's our offense. Our authority. Our offense, and our defense against well, the attacks of the enemy. He said, "It is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds proceeds out of the mouth of God." So. Jesus was putting, you see, and a lot of times our temptations in this arena also are for physical needs to be met. And how many times are we tempted to be afraid? Um, Fear not, uh, little flock, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Uh, What does it say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Um, Be be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. All of these anxieties that we're set up to believe that come in through the physical needs for food, clothing, shelter, money, Jesus talked about the birds, about Solomon, that God the Father knows that we need these things. Mm-hmm. He will never leave us or forsake us. He will not leave us orphans. And yet Satan will set up every circumstance he possibly can to get us to waver on that. Right. And, and, and the very, yeah, temptations comes off on just satisfying the basic needs of our lives for love. I mean, he will substitute, you know, lust for love. Mm-hmm. He will... Uh, what what are some other examples? He will uh, oh revenge for justice, revenge um, for justice, anger uh, uh, for you know injustice. Right. right. Um, here, let's see. I'm looking at Matthew six thirty three. So well, Margie's checking on that verse. Uh, give us a call. Uh, 
be great to hear if you have uh, questions, comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, our number is 347-215-8051. Again, 347-215-8051. Yes, exactly. And in Matthew 6.33, where Jesus is beginning to talk about the principles of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, he's talking about, you know, love your neighbor, but also to love your enemy. He's talking about how to give alms, how to do your charitable deeds, how to pray to the Father, and in um, and how to fast, and what, what that all looks like. What about wealth? And then um, he, he goes on to say, let's see, uh, 27, verse 27, therefore, um, verse 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, or about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Well, that could have been another uh, response that Jesus would have made to Satan because it's basically saying, you know, a lot of times we want to go to our feelings and panic and say, oh, no, and I don't know what's going to happen and where is this going to come from and how am I going to do this? Fear. Fear. Always tries to step in there to make it look like God is not going to come through. So yeah, that, that was the first temptation. So right. a lot of our temptations come in that natural arena, mm-hmm. and those will come and look like anxiety, worry, panic, Fear, yep. doubt, distress, mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, distrust uh, in, in God. Well, and you know the problem is once you start going on that down that slip, slippery slope of distrust and unworthy, that just gives the devil incentive and more um, opportunities to push you faster and, and and harder down that slope of fear. Because uh, instead of saying, you know what, I don't care what it looks like, I believe God. You know, yes, I'm hungry, but God knows I'm hungry. I'm just going to trust the Lord. Uh, people don't go there with the, you know, they they start going along with the feelings and their mouths begin to speak things that now the enemy can actually use to create things like trouble and lack this, this is and what you being said. ripped off, et cetera. Right. What you said there, Marjorie, um, no matter what, no matter what things look like or feel like, Mm-hmm. I am. I am going to trust God. That is a powerful mm-hmm. weapon against the enemy because there are things that come happen in our lives that, and maybe as you're listening today, there are some things uh, that are happening in your life that just seems so out of whack, so crazy. You've been praying and waiting, and it seems like the answer isn't coming, and the enemy has come to you. Hey, God really doesn't care. He's not answering your prayer. Look what you've just sinned happened. Too, you've yeah. sinned too much. You were trusting God. Yeah. It all got worse. Look yeah. at you. you mm-hmm. What a fool you are. Mm-hmm. See, this is the liar that has, is coming to you. To rob your peace. To yes. disturb and you. So what you do, could, could we just pray for someone here sure. tonight? Right mm-hmm. now. Father, I pray for this one or these ones that are listening right now where there is just like an overwhelming discouragement, frustration, whether it's a a financial need, uh, uh, a a loved one in the family that is just going the wrong way or a sickness or disease or... Feeling overwhelmed. Feeling overwhelmed. Your your word says, Lord, what the psalmist said, when my heart is overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And I pray that you would lead this one to that rock. Jesus, you are the rock. 
Mm-hmm. When you get up high on a rock, you get perspective. And when, when we're trusting, when you're trusting Jesus, you you get the perspective. And Lord, I pray for this one or these ones right now that they would just, in their hearts, say and let them have that assurance that no matter what happens, what it looks like, what it feels like, how long I've waited, how dark it seems, I am trusting God. I'm trusting you, Lord. You are good. You are love, and you always have the best in mind for me, even though I can't see it, I can't feel it right now. So I trust you, I believe you, encourage these that are crying out to you right now and have been crying out to you for a long time. Yes. Let them have peace, Not that, let them not be uh, overwhelmed any longer, but overwhelmed with your joy and your peace, not with fear or uh, any kind of anxiety in Jesus' name. Amen. And speaking of being thrown down, um, chapter Matthew chapter, um, let's see, 4, verse 5, and this is the second temptation that Jesus went through at this time. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him again, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Now, this is interesting that Jesus was lifted up to the pinnacle of the temple, and Satan challenged him again. If you are the Son of God, if you have the power, if you have the relationship with God, um, test it, throw yourself down. In other words, the devil was tempting Jesus to tempt his father, to put his father in a, predic- in a predicament where he would have to rescue him and defy the laws of gravity uh, to prove his love for his son. So a lot of us will do that. We'll, we'll put God in a difficult place and challenge his love for us by doing something really risky and stupid and disobedient and then ask God to uh, and believe and expect God to protect us. For example, I know this sounds like a weird example, but God told us what to eat in Genesis. You know, eat the herbs and the fruit with the seed in it. That was the second commandment, really, that God gave us, and he told us exactly what to eat. So when people are tempting God, they're maybe not standing on the pinnacle of the temple, but they tempt him by eating all kinds of ridiculously, terribly inappropriate food for their body, and they're testing God's goodness, faithfulness to keep them well in the midst of their disobedience. And this is what Satan was basically saying, you know, test your relationship with God. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. Let his angels catch you. In other words, God has promised to never leave us or forsake us. But if we deliberately tempt God and set him up to have to go up in opposition to himself in order to save us, we have put God to the test. And what did, what did Jesus say in response to that temptation? He says um, he did that exact thing. Jesus said to him, it is written again. Notice it is written. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Well, how do we tempt God? How do we tempt him? How do we tempt God? By drinking Pepsi? By uh, yeah, a lot of times by, what we um, do is we do driving too fast by yeah, right. Now there's 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 risky behavior. There's there's th- there's there's steps of faith can look like risky well, behavior. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like But um, deliberately putting yourself in harm's way. Deliberately putting yourself in harm's way and without the counsel of the Lord by making God have to do puts, something puts you in that place of where you're attempting. Sometimes, God. you know, I think just this just came to me. Sometimes people may test God's love for them by, you know, making these threats that if 
something doesn't happen, I'm going to kill myself or whatever. Or giving God a deadline. Yeah, uh, yeah, on anything. Who do we think you are to give God a deadline? Well, we all are human, and we yeah. don't like to wait forever. But so that was the second temptation, again, to prove your identity, prove, prove God loves you. Uh, the angels will give, and notice the devil can tempt. I mean, he can, he can quote scripture. He knows scripture. He, it says he fears and trembles. He believes and trembles, I should say. But he, he trembles, but he doesn't act on what he knows. He knows that the word of God is true. He twists, twists the word if of God. If the devil did not know that, then we would have no authority over him. Because if he was so stupid, he didn't even know how much power God had and that the authority had been given to us, then it wouldn't work. He has to know how great God is in order for, to be afraid when we tell him the blood of Jesus against you, mm-hmm. you know, or no, mm-hmm. you won't. So the devil does know the power of God. Don't let him kid you. That spirit of doubt that's telling you you aren't really saved and you don't know what you're talking about. He himself, you just talk to him and say, you know what, doubt? You know the truth. Mm-hmm. You're afraid of God yourself. Is that not true? Mm-hmm. And of course he does. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to give away his, his hiding place and his cover. But anyway, the third temptation was uh, to prove his loyalty, uh, to bow down to Satan. And as we read here, we read, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. What a simple, how many people have been offered that deal and fallen for it? How many Christian kids started out singing in the church or worshiping and acting? Uh, you know, their talents were in the church. They were, they'd been given to them by God. And they end up being approached by Satan and his salesmen. If you will just fall down and worship me, I will make your career fly. You'll be to the top. You'll have yep, the yep. platinum record. Sing you'll... these uh, secular songs. Yeah. And, and pretty soon they're, they're And the devil is good for his God word anymore. for a few moments. But, you know, I mean, especially if the devil wants to take you out of commission for God, because he knows the people who could do a lot of damage to his kingdom. So he likes to provide the appearance and feelings of success. Yeah, the God of this world has blinded world. the eyes. And that, that goes, that's not just your, your you know, music uh, talent, and your, but it goes for all of us. How, how much is your soul worth to you? Uh, would you sell it out for a million bucks? Would you sell it out for uh, a moment in the, in, in the limelight or the spotlight? Or, and Jesus said to him, away with you. Now, Jesus never said, by the way, he never said, Satan, none of that belongs to you. He didn't. He knew Satan temporarily had the right, the illegal right, but the claimed right. God permitted him to usurp that position to be the God of this world. The prince, yeah, the prince of this world. Yeah. And so Jesus never dis- disputed that part with him. He just said, away with you, Satan. Away with you. Get behind me, was what he said to Peter. Uh, for it is written, again, referring back to the scripture, as the final word, authority for anything that we're doing here. It is written. That's a powerful statement. It is written. If you know your Bible even a little bit, you can say, it is written. Be gone. Be, you know, um, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. It says, and the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. So the, that was a temptation about loyalty. Tempted to prove your loyalty. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of us uh, were tempted to be loyal to ourselves. We're tempted to take matters into our own hands. And I think this is a temptation that has to do with control and trust. Uh, witchcraft is mm-hmm. really all about power and control. And technically, there's only two power sources in the world. And Satan it wants to be worshipped. 
And what we read last time Mm -hmm. about, Mm -hmm. he says, I will ascend above the stars of God. I will ascend above the throne of God. Mm -hmm. I will be like the Most High. So basically, he's just... uh, He's just been in a jealous fit for a long time because because he's denied, he's been denied the worship that only the Lord God, the creator Mm -hmm. of everything, deserves to have. Well, and he can only get worship. Satan only gets worship through bribery or coercion. He's a bully. He threatens people. He bribes people. And people will temporarily fall down and worship him, offer human sacrifices, whatever they do, whatever they think he wants, give him blood, give him whatever, because they think it's going to give them power. But there's no way that you're going to get a good deal from the devil on his buy now, pay later payment plan. You know, his his dominion is until God takes it away. And um, we want to be with the Lord in the Lord's kingdom. And that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know the thing, too, about these temptations, I really believe uh, when Satan heard the curses that, that, that were put on him in the garden, um, that the head crusher would come and crush his head, uh, I really believe that the one thing he knew at the time, well, there's several ways he tried to stop the salvation redemption plan. The first one was kind of a, uh, well, mess up the DNA, you know, with the, the watchers having um, sexual relations with the humans to create Nephilim, uh, mess up the DNA. That would have messed up Jesus coming because he'd been part demon so that almost worked and then noah came along and god saved the dna strand that was left and then um so then but but when jesus finally came i don't think satan's original plan was to crucify him at all that was the plan that god had in mind because god knew that the lamb of god had to be sacrificed from the foundation of the world i don't know if satan got a peek at that or didn't um, to know ahead of time what was going on. But I think Satan would have preferred just simply to get Jesus to sin. Because if he would have got him to sin one time, like Adam and Eve just sinned one time, they, they were completely, and all that they had, their posterity, their possessions, everything became immediately under the new ownership of Satan. Yep. So if Jesus would have sinned, he would have never qualified to go any further to the cross. Right. And we would have had absolutely no hope right. here uh, on earth or in eternity. Right. And so some of the things that you, you see Jesus doing in anything, what he did, where, where where he was rebuking the devil, where he was dealing with the Pharisees, where he was crying out to the Father on the cross, in everything he did, in, in not one of those things was what he did considered a sin. You know why? Because everything he did was under the will and direction of the Father. And sin is really stepping out of or disobeying um, or rejecting the counsel of God becoming rebellious, disobedient, and Jesus never disobeyed the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Satan could not catch him. So technically the worst had to happen, which was go to the cross. And, um, you know, Jesus said, I give my life freely. I lay my life down freely. And um, the Romans were, you know, instrumental in actually doing the physical um, crucifixion, crucifying of Jesus. Um and the Jews were instrumental in saying, crucify him, crucify him. So all of them were either you know, stirred up by the enemy to get this to happen. But ultimately, it was God's plan. And again, we see both God and Satan working at the same place at the same time to do the opposite thing. So Satan did not have the power to kill Jesus. He wanted, I guess, at that point, he thought, well, I've just got to get rid of him. Um, and he he was blinded because he, 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 he actually hung himself at that moment. If Satan would have realized that Jesus is dying on the cross would nail his coffin, the, the, the devil's coffin, 
and he would be finished. I don't think he would have rallied so intensely for it. But remember, in that um, the, the story before Pilate, what Pilate and Herod uh, and Caiaphas, uh, they were accusing Jesus, and Jesus said, um, oh, Caiaphas, I think, said to him, uh, you know, tell us, are you the Son of God? And Jesus said, it is as you say. Now, in the Jewish tradition and law, the, the, uh, there had to be two witnesses that would testify against before someone could be put to death. Two, in agreement, two witnesses that agreed with one another. They had called a lot of witnesses. None of them agreed. Right. And, so, and, and also, the one who was being accused did not have to testify. They did not have to speak. They did not have to take the witness stand, so to speak, to testify. And, and so Jesus, if he would have kept his mouth shut because their witnesses were conflicting, there would have been no crucifixion that day. But Jesus willingly, knowingly, knowing that his opening his mouth would seal his own fate, but, you know, he knew that. So that's why he could say he willingly laid down his life because he could have, if he wanted to preserve his life, his, his, his human life, he could have just kept his mouth shut. Well, what about, now, we've talked a lot about the devil. Okay. Who is the devil? Now, do you, Marjorie, is this, are we spending too much time talking about the devil? And a lot of times people say, you know, I, I just want to talk about Jesus. I don't want to hear about all this stuff about the devil. You're giving too much credit to the devil, too much time, too much attention to the devil. Mm-hmm. That is a common accusation sometimes that comes to people who uh, really teach and well, minister a lot in this area of uh Oh, I have a couple of answers for that. that. We're all in. Of we're course. all in the spiritual Number warfare. one, that, that argument or that resistance is usually grounded and originates in hell itself because, of course, the devil doesn't want to be talked about. He wants it all to look like it's your fault or God's fault, and he wants to be out of the picture because he wants the guilt to go to you or to God. And so the other question, I, how I answer that is, you know, if you're talking to a brain surgeon, uh, they're going to talk a lot about brains and surgery and things to do with the brain. And tumors. And tumors and things on the brain. Yeah. And you could say, well, not, my neurosurgeon can't know too much about brain surgery as far as I'm concerned because he's going to operate on my brain. I'd like him to know as much as he possibly can and talk about it as much as he can, and I want to understand as much as I can because I'm going to have a surgery on my brain. And so the thing is, and the Bible is full of this, this warfare, full, full, full of it, everywhere, everywhere. In the Psalms, in the Proverbs, uh, in, the, in Isaiah, Jeremiah, David, they're all talking about their enemy, their enemy, their enemy. And I don't think David is always talking about, you know, Saul chasing him. Right. It's, it's the enemies of our soul. He said, soul, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. That wouldn't, you know, I mean, obviously that would be depression, oppression. You know, I said, can a Christian have a demon? Well, can you have a rat in your house? Is having a rat in your house the end of your world? No. Does that mean you're a rat? No. What does it mean? Get the rat out or live with the rat. Marjorie, you mentioned about the Psalms. I was reading, we were reading in the Psalms this morning, and it's amazing how there is that, there's so much in the Psalms about this, the warfare. Well, yeah, and we don't. You know, it's not just people, you know, that my enemies are this, they're doing this, they're mm-hmm. plotting against me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trusting you, Lord. Uh, really? Treachery. My my the ones who were my closest friends have become my enemies, and all that sort of thing. So so uh, there is a 
you know, uh, here's what... Well, you have to kind of ask yourself in all of this battling back and forth, this war that we're living in, ask yourself, what is the purpose of my life down here? Why, why am I going through this? Why is this like it is? Why is this life so hard? Why is it so constant? Why is it so unfair? Why is it such a struggle? Why does it never seem to quit? Why do I have to wait all the time? Why is there always something after me? Why is every day another battle challenge, blah, blah, blah? And I'm going to ask you, why? Why is it? What is the purpose of us being on this planet? I mean, if it's just to get saved, then we should have got to go to heaven the minute we got saved. We are here to, in the general sense, to to bring glory to God, to worship God. And part of the reason that God has left us here, I would say the main words reason that we are left here why you know because god could have just taken us home the moment we were saved yeah but he did you know it's like okay well you know you're saved now i want to just make sure you're going to get into heaven here so let's go right now mm-hmm. but we are here for others well we are here to bring others into the kingdom and we're of god. yes that's true to preach the gospel of the glad tidings of the good news and who's going to do that if everybody's snatched up to heaven the minute they get saved that's part but we're also here for ourselves because I believe that God is perfecting that which concerns us. His workmanship. He is like, you know, God is being challenged every, every breath that we take, every, every moment we're alive, everything we do. It's God is his workmanship. He's, he's committed to us to watch over us, to keep us safe. Everything we do, Satan finds a flaw. He finds a fault in it. He's looking for a reason to judge God's workmanship as poor and faulty. And so part of it is to perfect that which concerns us, to make us more like Jesus, and to prepare us not to get to heaven. We're not, you know, this is, this is we're called soldiers. We're called warriors. We're called mm-hmm. um, ambassadors for Christ. We're right. called uh, more than conquerors. Our faith being much, the trial of our faith being much more precious than gold. People get the eyes too quickly on the bad things that are going on around them and not realize the deeper purposes. And if you would realize the deeper purposes, then there cannot be this kind of testing if there isn't a devil or a, or a set of a, a kingdom of darkness, which actually is serving God's purpose very well because God is permitting, God is allowing the devil to do God's work to refine us, to make us more like Jesus. And that's really the, the goal you know, to be conformed to the image of His Son, mm-hmm. Romans right. chapter eight. So, because he, you know, we're this here isn't, to become this like isn't, Jesus. Yeah, but see, we get our short-sighted little vision on this is my life. This is my one and only chance to get it all done, to do it, to see it all, taste it all, do it all, be it all, have all this, you know, experience, fun, blah blah blah. This is my chance. This is not that. This is a you know, with the 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 new the church. Uh, the New Testament believers, their one force, focus, desire, dedication, ambition was simply Jesus mm-hmm. to preach the gospel of grace mm-hmm. and do the works of God. And uh, was one. And of, they knew that their home was not here. Yeah, yeah. We're pilgrims, strangers. Mm-hmm. We're passing through. I so, think we'd keep that in mind. It would be the perspective oh, would keep us a lot yeah. more. So this is. It's not our permanent 
residence, our, our, our dream home is with Jesus in heaven. Yeah, we have a mansion there. He's really promising. And, uh, you know, like one of our uh, wonderful old teachers from when we became, uh, when we were brand new believers, mm-hmm. uh, his name was George, and uh, he he would say, this life on earth is simply the dressing room for eternity. Yeah. So we're getting ready. We have eternal life right now. Yeah. But but the release of it comes after we pass from this life, whether it's coming, yeah. you know, at the at the at the coming of the Lord mm-hmm. uh, in power and glory, uh, or if it's the coming of the Lord for us in in death as we pass from this life. Yeah. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And really, our our ministry, uh, the greatest parts of our ministry, are not here on earth. They're going to be there with the Lord forever. Mm-hmm. I, I, there, there's going to be God is God is the the uh, entrepreneur of all entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and uh, we we don't know. We we're going to be in a new heaven and a new earth in which dwells righteousness. And I, I am convinced that uh, Margie, that we're not going to be just we're not going to be sitting around on clouds playing no. harps or mm-hmm. or heavy metal or anything like that. <laughs> we're we're going to be uh, involved with the Lord mm-hmm. in worship, in adoration, in uh, uh, whatever well, God you has know, for there's us. A, there's a very cool. We book. can't even imagine it. It's beyond our imagination. There's a very cool book written by an old guy named Paul Bilheimer yes. called "Destined for the Throne." And again, it's the same same type of story. We're here. This is the dressing room for heaven. And it's like we're investing our life, our time, our smiles, our money, our energy, our focus into the things of heaven and into the things of God. You know, if we have money, we give it. If we have energy and time, we give it. If we have, uh, we dedicate ourselves to the work of God and he is faithful. That's the whole thing on this on this war this battlefront also that god is faithful to complete the work he's begun in us god is faithful so the thing is that is another part of the demonstration of what's going on down here when people say well you talk too much about the devil well it's like okay you can't ignore it if you ignore this thing you're really living like an ostrich you have you have no protections if you take on the the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the, belt, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, uh, which is the word of God, and um, used, and, and, and the shield of faith, you'll, you'll be equipped to do what you need to do. But if you say there's no war, no battle, you will be one of the very first casualties. Well, right, right. And uh, it was like uh, there in, in World War II, this True story told about a person that was, uh, there was an invasion. Uh, There was an invasion by the uh, Nazis. He was captured. Uh, There was an invasion by the Italians. He was captured. There was an invasion by the Russians. He was captured. And then the Americans came in and and he was was captured again. He was captured about four different times Uh as a prisoner. And when everything was over, the war had ended, he was in the custody of the Americans. He said to one of the soldiers, he says, what was all the shooting about? He had no idea that he had just gone through World War II. And so so we have to be alert and aware because it's just very plain. 
He yeah. says, "Put." Well, you mentioned the yeah. armor of God, and yeah. I want to just read. Well, why don't you read uh, chapter verse ten, Ephesians six ten, mm-hmm. and uh, twelve. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemings yeah. mm-hmm. of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. No. Wrestling is very intense. You know, the uh, the uh, professional wrestling, the mm-hmm. uh, WWF or what, whatever they all are, uh, that's just kind of like showmanship. But if you actually watch a, a, a like a high school or college wrestling match, mm-hmm. it is super, super intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just sweat on sweat, mm-hmm. arm on arm, leg on leg. And this is this what it is. This is where we are. Yeah. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not human beings themselves. Yeah. People are really not our enemies, but mm-hmm. against yeah. the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there's all these different yeah. uh ranks and, and, and we I don't think we need to go into all that uh here tonight by any means, but just to, to show well, the fact kind of the reality of the word. companion scripture is Second Corinthians chapter 10. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down, notice what he says we have to do here. The, the warfare is casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So a lot of the battle is going on in our minds, but the mm-hmm. battle isn't really with our minds. The ba- our minds are kind of sold out most of the time. Our hearts are deceitful above all else and desperately wicked. Our minds are programmed by the lies of our experiences. So the battle is between our soul, which, con- which contains our mind and our heart and our, and our uh, will, and our spirit. It's not the battle in the mind. It's the battle between the soul and the spirit, which is a whole different deal than what most of us have led, been led to believe. But, um, it's the wep- our, our enemies are not flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the demons in them, or the demons that are in us that demons we that need to work, recognize. Satan, yeah, these demonic powers work through people. Right, right, and so that's how the enemy is pitting us humans against each other, stealing our DNA, mm-hmm. stealing our thoughts, impersonating us to ourselves, getting us to uh, get offended with one another, breaking up our churches. He is destroying our bodies with sickness and infirmity, um, pinching our babies. I mean, seriously. I mean, let me just say this kind of as an aside for somebody who might hear this and need to hear this. Um, I've been working with a couple of gals uh, who have children, and one of them, their, ch- their one child doesn't want to go to sleep at night. They're, um, it's not that they're afraid. They're just very hyper and uh, very young child. And they don't want to go to bed, and so this mother's tired and wants to go obviously we get that way at the end of the day the child just doesn't want to go to bed uh but it's more of a as a fear of um you know not being sure that he is loved and reassured of the love and so i told us just to hug him just you know he's hyperactive he's been you know and and, and it's in his bloodline totally the stubbornness the resistance the temper tantrums all coming down his bloodline I said, well, she was going to take some pills for herself. I said, well, don't you think it'd work better if you would um, de- deal with demons first, you know? Mm-hmm. And and another mom whose baby is very colicky. And 
you know, why? Well, as a parent with your children, if they're in pain, they're sick, they got the flu, they can't sleep at night, they're colicky, they're being naughty, whatever it is, you know, a lot of times it is a spiritual thing. And if you say, you know what, I rebuke, I bind, I forbid this spirit of, of torment or pain or affliction or fever, Jesus rebuked fevers, why can't we then? So you take a parental authority over your child and command that spirit that's messing with them, tormenting them, oppressing them to get out of there. You are the parent. You have that authority. And this is kind of what this is all about in the spiritual warfare. We need to know it's not just about us. It's about our families and, and, you know, those things that are going on in your relationships that are making your life miserable, that are keeping you from coming together or coming to agreement or kids are choosing wrong partners or bad friends or doing drugs, start dealing with their demons instead of yelling and lecturing the children. Bind those spirits. Say, Lord, here's the, here's the question. You say, Lord Jesus, what is the lie that my child, my son, my daughter is believing that's allowing uh, Satan to convince them, tempt them, lure them into fill in the blank, this relationship or being afraid to go to bed at night or they don't like to eat their food? What is the lie? And you be quiet and listen because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and he will tell you. It'll come to your mind, and it's going to be something you might want to write down. Okay, so they believe that, um, you know, they're alone. They're going to be, a, you know, they can't trust people. They've got to do it on their own. Um, whatever the lie is, whatever the lie that comes to you. Then you begin to say, okay, Lord, I cancel out that lie. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm the authority. I'm the parent. I cancel out that lie. And I declare the truth. The truth is that. We are protected. We are safe. That my child knows that they're loved. That, you know, whatever unloving spirit, stress, fear, panic that comes after them, you just begin to cancel out the, the agreement with the lie and declare the truth and command that spirit to leave. And if there's a person that needs to be forgiven, take the authority to forgive them. It's not about a feeling. It's about an action. And know the battlefield. The battlefield can be um, in the human life in the relationships, in our bodies, our souls, you know, making decisions in our minds, in our hearts, with emotions and thoughts. The battlefield can be outside of you. It can be in your office, at, at work. It can be in your school classroom. The battlefield can be uh, the political arenas. The world is the battlefield right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the, you know, and, and we're all being thrown, as you notice, in this globalism. We're, all, we're getting tighter and tighter and closer and closer together. Everything affects everybody you know, one guy gets sick and everybody's afraid of catching it. Um, it's just, we're just now, you know, thrown in a tighter and tighter, tighter. Uh, there's no place to run or hide or escape. Uh, tighter quarters. So the battlefield can be any of these places. But if you ignore or deny the battle, then what do you, what, what's going to happen? You're going to lose. You're going to be beaten you up. Lose. Eaten you up. get beaten up. And the, the, the war fronts, Marjorie, would be the, the mind... Uh, mm-hmm. The will, the emotions, the spirit, uh, your uh, health, uh, circumstances, yeah. uh, relationships, yeah. finances. And they all tie together. They, they all, they're all tied together, and this is where... And sometimes they come, you got more war fronts going on than you, yeah, more than yeah, one. Yeah, sometimes you got all of these going on at the same time, and it's just like we were with a friend just uh, recently and uh, has been, for the last almost year, been battling just on... So many fronts. Yeah, well, like when it rains, it pours kind yeah. of thing. And I think one of the things in this area, when it when it starts to pour, is that, you know, there's this little crack in the wall and you're you're maybe struggling with something in your mind. 
maybe let's just use this as an example. Uh, let's just say you've been struggling with pornography and the enemy is able to convince you again that you, you know, he pops another picture in your mind or brings back another urge in your body. He, he triggers some of this programming and all of a sudden your body is doing things you don't want it to do, like Paul says. And you get mad at yourself and you end up doing something you really hate. Paul says, I'm doing the things I hate. And, and then you're feeling really bad and guilty. And that guilt will open up the next wave of judgments and problems. And now your tire goes flat on the way to work. And mm-hmm. uh, the open dog gets door. hit by a car. And, and you come home and, 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 you know, there's no food in the cupboard. And, and the, the lights are being turned on. And, you think, and you're thinking, the lie you're believing is, I have it coming. I deserve it because, because I, I, I sinned. Now, if you sin and that a lot of times that we think the temptation is a sin, going back to that too. When a thought comes into your mind, you know, there's a Bible verse that says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing even to the um, separation of thought and intention, soul and spirit, uh, bone and marrow. Well, a thought is different, obviously, than an intention. So the thought can be put in your mind, but the intention to act on that thought is not the same as the temptation. However, we kind of think the minute you get the temptation, you've done the sin. Rather than submit to God, resist the devil and say, you spirit of, of perversion, get out of here. No, you won't. I come again through the blood of Jesus. So, and, and if you do think you've sinned and held that thought longer and entertained it and went to the computer and looked or whatever you did, uh, don't deny the sin. Confess it. Say, you know, God, I got tricked. Uh, I confess this. I repent. I hate it. You know I do. I ask you to deliver me. Get this thing out of me. Um, and the judgments that Satan wants to put on me, Lord, I know you became a curse for me. You took them for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's hard to do that because of pride. Like, I deserve it. I should be the one taking all this. But, you know, it's not about you. So humble yourself. Let Jesus take your, your crime and your punishment and let your and, and realize how much he loves you. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. Because the, the enemy we've defined as, as, as the Satan. He's known as the devil, the adversary. The good news is that the, there's the host that's coming against us. The captain of the, of the host is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're part of who, his army. Mm-hmm. Who is, in First John chapter 3, verse 8, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the, the works, works of the of devil. The evil one. Mm-hmm. And there's another verse. You know, There's verses all through the, the word about the battle. I don't, yeah. just don't know how people can not say the devil's real and not want to deal with it. Yeah, and, and some of the weapons of our warfare, you know, mm-hmm. we're just getting, kind of giving you kind of the practical side of it here. Well, the first one. Yeah, the first weapon is, well, we talked about that, the Word of God. Yeah, when Jesus how said, did it Jesus, is written. How did Jesus dis- defeat the, mm-hmm. the tempter in the wilderness? Well, it is written. It is quote written. a verse at him. Yep, know. yep, and, and do it in context. If it's context. fear, for example, say, the, the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but something that would fit the occasion or... God says he would never leave me or forsake me, or if you're feeling alone. Mm-hmm. Something that's kind of appropriate to the to the temptation, I think, is really yeah. a nice um, and, way And it says that the, uh, in Revelation chapter 12, I think it's verse 10, I'm mm-hmm. not sure about Revelations, that. yeah. Yeah, but it says uh, they overcame him, that is Satan, this, these, these saints of God, overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb mm-hmm. and their word, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. In other words, they were, they they were just so devoted to the Lord. And we have the name of Jesus. We have we have the authority mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus. Now we we have that delegated authority you know, 
We don't come in our own name. Right. But back up to... We don't to, come in the name of our church. We come in the name of Jesus against the enemy. Go ahead. Well, the blood, um, the blood is really the blood of the lamb, the blood that Jesus shed for us is information that brings salvation. And I've, I've heard it like this. When our DNA was corrupted uh, through sin, defiled, broken, and that's why we have broken, unhealthy bodies and babies sometimes, is that when we accept the blood of Jesus Christ, that can remove the mark of iniquity because iniquity must be marked on the genes and chromosomes. But when you, the blood of Jesus is new information. And so the blood of Jesus can delete the programs of Satan, the, the self-concepts that Satan has, has written or, or um, uh, programmed us to believe or uh, reconditioned us to believe. Uh, so the blood of Jesus, and Satan, of course, hates it because the devil wants blood, too. He wants all kinds of blood because he thinks there's life in the blood. There's life mm-hmm. in the... And so, but we have holy, the holy blood of Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. our blood is holy as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And like you said, then we have the name, the name of Jesus, the Son of God. And, and, and really a, a passion for the Lord. There, if there is a, a zeal for the Lord that it's not just human emotion. It, it's just when the Holy Spirit is in you. You're available. There is, there, is that, there is that fire. There's that love for God. There's that desire to see his kingdom come. Mm-hmm. And his will be done on earth. Well, back as it is to the um, the one you mentioned about uh, the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony is a, is a word of declaration. Uh, the enemy wants you to declare, "Oh, woe is me! Nothing ever goes good. It's never going to work out. Whatever. I give up. It is what it is." These are all declarations that you're making that give the devil a blank check to go ahead and continue doing what he's doing. Your word of testimony says, "No, you won't, devil. I believe God. Back off. Take thought. Every." Captive thought. I take every thought captive. Say, whoa, 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 where are you going? Who are you? Where are you from? You who put that thought in there, you who are trying to get me to believe that, where are you taking those things, stopping them at the door, taking them captive, checking, checking their IDs, and saying, no, you don't belong here. That's what I believe the word of our testimony is. It's yeah. a declaration. Yeah, and part of it, too. And the word, the, the word has to come through our mouths. It's right. activated through right, our mouths. Right, right. And, and someone said... Um, God can use your words, but he cannot use your silence. So there's, there's a, a testimony we have. We have, all of us that know Christ, have a story. Well, I think our silence can be used from time to time. Jesus was silent before Pilate. But the thing is, there were strategic, strategic words that he said. He did strategic oh, words, yeah. Guys. And he, he spoke louder through his silence. Than right, and I think that person was talking was, about witnessing yeah. and testifying. To yeah, the, yeah. But through our mouth, we're, we're called to speak. The word of God, and then the armor. You you touched on that, Marjorie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's in well, and people. Six. I got to say one thing about the armor that I always think is kind of funny. People say, "Well, I got to put on my armor every morning." And I say, "Before I, you brush your teeth, put your armor." I on. don't do that. Who does that? Seriously, I think what we need to do is sleep in our armor. For crying out loud, you don't take your salvation off at night when you go to bed. Put it on and leave it on. Yeah. And you don't have to take it off to wash or anything. Just, I think that I think the thing clean. we need to say when we get out of bed in the morning, not is I got to put my arms up. Lord have mercy. Yeah, Lord help right. me. You know. Yeah. This yes. is your problem today. So it's the Protect helmet. Us. The in Ephesians six, it's the helmet of salvation, mm-hmm. um, which really the helmet is, is covers our our, our thinking. head, our, our thinking. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that already. The breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness. righteousness covers our, our, our heart, our, our, affections. Our, our affections, our internal organs. Our ambitions. Our ambitions, mm-hmm. yeah, our desires. Uh, the belt of truth, 
the belt in the Roman armor was held held everything together. So truth holds everything and together. And that truth brings freedom. It, you know, if yeah. you're walking in the truth, you are going to walk in that freedom. Free. And, and the shoes of the gospel of peace. Well, that's the purpose to which we're called, you know, walking in the will of God and the counsel of God to bring the word and the glad tidings of Jesus Christ. That's our business. Yeah, um, yeah. The shield of faith. Faith, it doesn't go, it, you know, this is the just shall live by faith, not by feelings. Um, so there's there's just, there's no place. Uh, yes, we have feelings and God has given us feelings, but the devil has counterfeited a lot of those feelings and made them, uh, you know, more prominent and more powerful. And we use our feelings to determine how well we're doing spiritually, which is a severe error. Um, you know, you're not going to, uh, you're not going to find the right um, calibrations and calculations if you use your soul to determine the, the mm-hmm. health of your spirit mm-hmm. because the soul is inferior. The shield of faith, it says, uh, by which you shall quench all the fiery darts of the evil one mm-hmm. or the flaming missiles or the evil one. So mm-hmm. when those Fear, come, we doubt, can... Double-mindedness. Yeah, right. When we're tr- I'm believing God, I'm trusting God, mm-hmm. I'm trusting in Jesus Christ, as my Lord, as my Savior, I'm trusting Him in all these situations. And when you're trusting God, the enemy can't really get through to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there? So and, and so the sort of uh, the word is the weapon. Is the is the word of God? Yep. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. So those are our, our weapons. That's our armor. And the stakes. The stakes in this battle are the souls of mankind, the kingdom of God, the will of God. Um, God wants. You know, God wants good things for us, and if we're not willing to um, be the ambassadors, the the spokesmen for him, those things will not get done. Those people will not be helped. We know that there's tons and tons and millions and millions and millions and probably billions of people out there who either don't know or don't know enough, are terribly alone, terribly afraid, um, and we have the truth. So don't hide it under a bushel. So the stakes are extremely high. For every it's race, soul, color, creature. It's the, it's the, you're right. It's the eternal souls of, men. of mankind, mm-hmm. of every race, color, gender, and nation. Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus said, go into all yes. the world. Amen. Make disciples of all the nations. And then we, of all the nations. And we have a destination. A destiny, too. A destination, a destiny. So That is uh, to bring... Not not to bring Jesus back. He's going to come back. That's for sure. And sooner, right. people, way sooner than we might think. And a lot of us, you know, oh, I've got to do this yet. I want to do that yet. And I, you know, by the time Jesus gets gets here, we'll be so happy to see him. We won't care about any of that other stuff. Um, but that destination and destiny is the heaven, uh, eternal. You know, I, I'm excited about Jesus coming back on a white horse. I just think that's going to be... I don't know if I'll get to ride a horse or if I'll meet him in the air or what will happen. But so absolutely amazing. Yeah. And then we, we were concerned, like before, about souls of mankind because yeah. everyone has a destination. And a destiny. And there's, there's, Eternity. A, Eternity. there's eternity. There's heaven and hell. The Bible talks about there's heaven, there's hell. Mm-hmm. We don't want people to go to hell. We want people to have eternal life in heaven. As joint heirs with so that, Jesus Christ, so it begins in the to be a huge God. picture. It's way more than about just us and yeah. our little, you know, two by four house and our two by four life. And it's it's about Him and it's about um, setting captives free, bringing yeah, them to It's about the truth. yeah. We're fighting for the kingdom of heaven. We're mm-hmm. ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven, 
and we want to see the captives set free. Amen. And so, yeah, we're so, this is just kind of a little quickie summary of who is the devil? Is he real? Uh, again, just a couple of quick commercials. We have done a video called Who is the Devil and a, the, uh, the workshop, the workbook that we've actually written for youth uh, called Who is the Devil? goes kind of a companion piece to the video. Um, whatever every believer needs to know. And you can get that through um, our website, liferecovery.com. Uh, the store, we la- invite you to go to the website. We're doing a lot of uh, updating on this website. There's lots of blogs and helpful things on there. Um, so we enjoy uh, we, you know, your comments, any kind of things you want to ask, questions, whatever. And so we ask that you join us next week for uh, another Rescue Radio and uh, exciting things coming, that is for sure. Yep, and we will be here, Lord willing. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for listening this evening to yeah. Rescue Radio. And uh, may the Lord bless you as you seek him mm-hmm. and be obedient to his word. Thank you, Jesus. Have a good night and a safe uh, blessed week in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? for yourself.